0: Hello and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hello. Dave. Hi there. And Tori.
1: Hello, Internet.
0: And we start every week with good things. So, Craig, what's good? So, this is a former good thing of mine a few weeks ago, but I specifically want to call out a particular flavor of it. Uh there's this protein drink that I like. It's just a it's just milk. Um, protein milk. I don't know, whatever. It's called Rockin' Protein, and uh, the supermarkets around me actually carry it. So uh, I really like it because it only has six grams of sugar, and it tastes really good. It's like the the lowest good-tasting, lowest in sugar, but good-tasting milk that you find. It's low in, I don't know if it's low in calories. Uh, Nah, calories are about one. But still, six, seven grams of sugar is pretty good. Anyway, they have a strawberry flavor, which Although I knew it existed, the supermarkets never carried it, and the supermarket near me finally picked it up. I'm like, yeah, I like strawberry milk. Picks them up. It is so good, guys. I like their chocolate, but the strawberry is just next level. But strawberry milk is just sugar, pink sugar next milk. level. Rocking yep. protein, guys. It has 30 grams of protein, only 6 grams of sugar. It has 3 grams of fiber in it. Some good <laughs> stuff.
1: Okay, but is it actual strawberries or just flavored like strawberries because you know, I'm only flavored. Milk. I'm only allergic to one thing in the world and that would be strawberry.
0: <gasps> it's not real strawberry. It's the strawberry flavoring that they use and everything. I have to but, check And I could mouth. probably natural try it. Are you yeah. allergic to natural and artificial flavors story or just natural flavor?
1: I don't know. I've never experimented.
0: Because if it's natural yes. flavors, then maybe there is like actual strawberry in it.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I'd have to check. I don't ex- have any on hand. Experimenting with allergies can be not a great idea.
1: Yeah, it's like, is today a good day to have hives? And the answer is almost never yes. Uh, so
0: but damn it. on the topic of pink sugar milk, uh, that stuff's great. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, also, so, you, just, you could just put... Sugar and food coloring in your milk at home. I can finally confirm Animal Crossing's New Horizon is indeed a good thing. Uh, So, Dave, what's your good thing? I know a lot of people say this, but I'm going to have to go with King Wenceslas. I mean, he was such a good king that they wrote a song about it. The dude that they made a Christmas song about. I can't fault you except that it's March. Wait.
1: It's good thing. Thing. Not not good king.
0: I thought he said good king. Okay. My bad. Uh, well, my good thing then is I'm going to take a page out of Craig's book here and recommend a game that I've only played for about an hour and that game is called Pipe Push Paradise. It's like a block pushing puzzle game but the pipes... uh The interesting thing is that you it's like you have to connect pipes from one end of the board to the other, right? So like keep the water flow go. going. Yeah, you know, like, but Pipe Dream is more like of a Tetris game and not strictly a puzzle game, but this is more like block pushing right but the thing that's interesting about it is that you can only push things in two dimensions but the pipes themselves can exist in three dimensions so if you uh if you push on an l-shaped pipe in a certain way it'll actually stand up and you can that's the way that that's like that's as far as i am in the game that's the only option that you have of rotating pipes so it's not like can you actually rotate them Uh, yes, you can, only L-shaped pipes can you rotate by rolling them up on their end and then pushing them over in the opposite direction. So it changes the size of the pipes. It lets you, there's one level where you actually have to connect the pipes up in the air so that you can walk underneath the arch that they make. So, uh, there's gonna be a little bit more depth. I'm gonna say probably, I'm not expecting it to be on the same level of complicated as Steven's sausage roll was. But it's still more complicated than your standard like Sacko Bond type game. Neat. Uh, so my good thing this week is the new Animal Crossing game. I picked it up eh. yesterday, and I'm I'm working on getting my island all all fancified and getting rid of so these. I can come visit. Getting rid of these dumb apple trees because nobody likes the native fruit. You always want the exotic fruit. Whoa, whoa! I you, need some apples. You Ate can something. buy apples from the store. They're four hundred bells. Calm down. I don't Want to spend money I want a shake a tree? What? That's what you sound like, dude. I left some of like my trees, and I'm planting new trees. I have all of the trees. Yeah, I'm I'm not cutting down any of the trees in my in my little starting central area yet because I already beat them with my crappy axe, and they dropped all the wood they're going to drop for the day. I've decided that this will be a game that I will thoroughly enjoy watching other people play on Twitch. Dude, there's so many people streaming it right now too, and uh, a lot of people that I like and that I'm friends with are streaming it. You should stream it, Craig. I, I mean, thought about it, but I'm also playing with my wife, and that means it's in the other room and not in my streaming setup area. So the first Animal Crossing game was the last one that I played, and it had basically infinite play value, not replay value, because you don't ever want to start over because you're you're building collections and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm hoping that. Now that this is like the fifth generation of the series, there's just so much more to do. So, looking forward yeah, that, to that. Well, they a added crafting. Mine, crafting is new. A buddy of mine, Willard J. Bradley, has been streaming it, and I think he's probably played every Animal Crossing game. He's at least played A New Leaf, which was the most recent one before New Horizons. That's the new one, right? New Horizons. New, new awesome. Horizons is the new one, but okay. I thought there was a mobile one that came out more recently. Uh, but he, I guess he started. was pretty into a new leaf and uh, he just, he goes on about, oh, this is an improvement over a new leaf. Oh, this is so much better than the old ones. So oh, they really covered some of the holes that they needed to fix in the old ones and stuff. So yeah. So even for long term Animal Crossing fans, there's stuff to look forward to. I don't know specifically because I also haven't played any of them since the first one. But yeah, it looks like a good game that I just don't want to get invested in. Yeah. Um, so as far as progress goes, I have already paid off my initial loan to Tom Nook. So he has upgraded my tent to a house. And now I owe him even more money. Thanks, Tom Nook. Did you did you do what I suggested and show him bugs and fish? Indeed. Um, And I have turned in additional ones to... Um lathers, yes, two blathers, and the museum is getting built at some point. He says it's tomorrow, so I don't know exactly what that necessarily means in game terms. It might physically be tomorrow, because this game does run on a real-time clock, so... Where are uh, keeping all the bugs if they don't have a museum yet? You get capped. He's just holding on to them. Most of mine are in my house. Like, my house right now is just <laughs> loaded up well, because I don't want to put them in storage, because if I put them in storage, right. I might forget about them. So I want them, like, no, in my house invisible. I'm laughing because if you go to the Animal Crossing subreddit, the meme is everyone is ready to bombard Blathers with all of their stuff. They have, like, 40 things ready to donate when he finally opens the museum. It's, it's the meme. And, well, I'm contributing to that because I, and I I'm do laughing. have, like, a ton of stuff just, just waiting. Right. I have, like, a dozen things in my house. Sitting out, like you said, they're sitting out. it actually makes my house look fuller. Um, Meanwhile, my wife has even more stuff. She collects more than I do, and she has a ton of things to donate still. Yep, I've got fish and bugs and fossils and a cot and a lamp in my house. (laughs) (laughs) Did you catch an anglerfish? No. Uh, Uh, You wouldn't need a lamp. And it looks like an anglerfish. Some countries call it a soccer fish. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> Freaking sea bass, though, so all of this. Ah, Yeah, I've got, I have caught about a million sea bass so far. That's a problem, because there's good fish that are big. Like You want those, you don't want a sea bass. And sea butterflies, lots of sea butterflies, which are very pretty, and I like them. But they're not worth much, and they're super common, and I would like to stop catching them, please. <laughs> uh, so, Tori, what's your good thing this week?
1: See, I was worried first second because i lost my connection right in the middle of your animal crossing talk and i was like oh no mike's gonna be like tori what's your good thing and i'm not gonna be there because my connection just fell off and and then it it came back and you were still talking about animal crossing
0: so Um, as per usual you missed nothing from from me talking
1: (laughs) right yes uh but my good thing is um stories.audible.com uh, Audible put a bunch of free stuff for kids, uh, on, on this website. It, so it's audiobooks for, and they've got it divided up by like little kids, elementary, uh, middle school, teenagers, and they even have some foreign language books up there, and it's all free for streaming while everybody's at home because of the plague. Um, so I really dig that.
0: Oh, yeah. There's also a number of, uh, games on Steam that are free right now also because of the plague. Um I picked up Drawful, too because that's the only one of them that I'll ever likely touch. So Alright. Uh was that did you want to shout out any specific stories, Tori, or you good?
1: Oh no, there's um there's some good ones. Uh classics like um uh, there's a version of Alice in Wonderland that's narrated by Scarlett Johansson and um I there's several that. different versions of Call of the Wild. I don't know why they need more than one, but it's on there if you want. And, um, but yeah, there's, if you want to practice your foreign languages, guys, there's stuff in French and German and Spanish. Um, so yeah, go have a look and see what's available. Cool.
0: And we're back with Dave having read some chapters in the last two days, right? Yeah. Which chapters were those again, Craig? They were chapters 23 through 26 of Brandon Sanderson, The Way of Kings. Thank you. Any questions? Uh, is he a best-selling author? And for what newspapers list is he a, b- a best-selling author? <laughs> Sunday Times. According to my copy, Sunday Times. All right. Uh, so, yeah. Tell me, tell me about chapter 23. Chapter 23. Many uses. Zilfrenia <laughs> helps the gang by Z-targeting the plants they need.
1: <laughs> True.
0: Oh my god, she's literally Navi. No, but she's not annoying though, that's the thing. She's Eh. like an adorable version of Nami. She's like I don't know, ask Kaladin sometimes I'd be like, Yeah, she's annoying right now. She's like Tattle from from Majora's Mask. A slightly less annoying version of Navi. When they realize how annoying the fairy can be. Yeah. At some point, I guess in Wind Waker they were like, Guys, did you realize that we could have a targeting system but not have a fairy? (laughs) <laughs> I think the whole point of Navi was just, there was supposed to be some in-world reason for Z-targeting and that's the only reason they wrote Navi in. Well, they <laughs> needed a wait. tutorial fairy to follow you around. Yeah, it's like, and it's, new, it, it's in 3D. At the time, it was kind of a new concept, so they had to introduce it somehow. Did. Metroid Prime is all targeting. All Z-targeting. All the Metroid time. Prime didn't need an annoying NPC. It just needed a scan visor. <laughs> but it was optional sometimes. Alright. And, like, it had the best stuff in the game. Okay, continue. I'll stop. Yeah, it did also have a lot of flavor text. Really? Okay. So, that's Frenna. Rotspren must be red because they complement gangrene. Oh, nice. Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunimore is a Numuhuku Makiaki Eye Illuminated. Do you smell what the Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunimore is cooking? (laughs) Thank you for those. Thank you so much for those. (laughs) Well, do you? (laughs) Not yet. Okay. Kaladin killed the wrong light eyes, but some other dude thanked him and he turned down a gift? I don't know. So chapter 23 mostly takes place in them gathering these plants for the antiseptic and then later on going together to squeeze them out and get the milk into juice bottles and... Uh, we this is good some backstory on Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore and Horn Eaters, which by the way, uh Brandon goofed a little here. The Gerudo are actually from a valley, not from a mountaintop. So Whoops back, Go back, Brandon. Alright. So it turns out that Numuhuku Makiaki Ayalunamore was actually High Prince Sadius's chef, and he cooked up a lot of poop for him. And Sadius didn't appreciate that and <laughs> he made of a bridgeman. So, so you're saying that Sadius, in palate. fact, did smell what? And now I have to look it up because I can't remember how to pronounce it. Where did you put it? Hey, pro tip, you could just say rock. No, I'm doing this right. <laughs> Numu Huku Makiaki lunamore was cooking. Yes. And the funny thing about this is, When I was a kid, I used to hang out with my little cousin, and he was into wrestling, but I wasn't, and he would always, like, you know, like, kids always always repeat what they hear on TV, and he would always be like, do you smell what The Rock is cooking? And I would say, yeah, it smells like crap. And here we literally have (laughs) Rock cooking crap. So Uh, that's probably the best possible catchphrase he could have gotten for The Rock from about that time of WWE. Okay. Oh no what else. He wasn't the he wasn't the can of whoop something guy, was he? No. He was a dead guy. No, he had some other stuff going on though that would not have been appropriate for small children. Like from the mummy? Yes. Anyway, keep going. So Numahukumakiaki Makiaki Moore was is basically a ho- horn eater nobleman and he doesn't they don't have the physical distinction of light eyes. In fact they don't have any charge. And one of their goals in coming down from the mountains is to, uh, defeat, kill a shard bearer in the Alephi kingdom. And they ca- they challenge him to duels. And if they are able to kill the shard bear, then Alephi conduct, uh, that, you know, the Hornator would become the bearer of the shards. However, they, uh, I guess they kind of like his leader made a bet with him. And he lost and died, and all of his servants which were his family members. Hence, he is a nobleman. Have to become servants of High Prince Sadius, and that's how Kaladin, or uh, that's how Numuhuku Makiakei found himself in the position of royal cook. And I suppose that his culinary skills were not to Sadius' liking, and so they try to get Kaladin to tell his backstory. Kaladin, uh, he says, I killed a guy, uh, some important people were thankful that I did it, and they don't like it when you turn, the light eyes don't like it when you turn down their gift, and that's all we get for that. Yep. And that's the end of chapter 23. Alright, uh, I don't think I have anything for chapter, oh, you forgot several things for chapter 23, like, what they were doing when they were having this conversation. Yeah, they were milking the reeds. Yes. To for get, the medicine. To get knobbly sap. Yeah. I said that. Did because you? that's the antiseptic that they need. Okay. Chapter 24. Chapter 24. Gallery of Map. They said the chapter title already. High Prince Royal Onion. Shattered Plains would be a really fun battleground. The Alliance sucks at capturing the tower. Joint assault? Adeline breaks up with Yanala so he can make a funny voice. Hello! Come on, we need more Seinfeld references in this podcast. (laughs) No? Don't look at me. I'd be able to if I had watched Seinfeld at all in the last, I don't know, decade. Snoopy Sadius. I've never
1: watched Seinfeld.
0: We'll see what the listeners think. All right, we got Snoopy Sadius, and sometimes the simple answers are the right one. Okay, so they're in a literal gallery of maps here, which actually had been mentioned in one of the chapter artworks for... Uh, it was one of the maps, it was like, oh, we copied this down. I think this cartographer that copied the map is actually mentioned in chapter 25 as well, or it just happens to be some other cartographer, I don't know. Anyway, so this is where Dalinar is meeting with High Prince Royan, or as I like to call him, Royal Onion, and he's Royal Onion is the weakest of the ten High Princes, and so Dalinar thinks that he can get him on his side first to, uh, to make a salt. So, so, and... I have a question. Yeah. The old dude from Elantris, wasn't he like Roy... Royal. Royal. Yeah. Yeah. Completely different from Royon, which is, it is itself so different from Royal Onion. So many letters are different. Except now, it's the same. He is officially High Prince Royal Onion. Yay. His bodyguard can be the Onion guy. Her rap of the rap. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Alright. So, Royal Onion does not trust Dalinar. He thinks that he's just trying to get his help so that Dalinar can claim a new shard plate. Shard gear. Shards. And Dalinar's like, uh... No, you can have it. But if we find two, I get the second one. And uh, Royal Onion still does not go along with this quite Suspicious, there's not any trust among the high shows it. Right after this all happened, uh, we have Adeline coming up and starts talking about his new girlfriend whose name I didn't write down and I don't care to remember, although Martha or something. I don't know, uh, anyway, Malasha. Malasha, so he just I don't know, it just kind of reminded me of Seinfeld how like he has silliest reasons. We're breaking up with, with and having being broken up with and has a different girlfriend every episode. Yeah. Yep. All right. And he's like, Oh, Snoopy Sadius is trying to get into Investimigate. And alinar is like, Well, we got to let him in because you know, I'm trying to go by the tenets being high prince of war. So if he's high prince of information, then I have to grant him the same respect. And. Adeline just kinda of lets it all out. He's like, Dad, you're having these visions, you're putting too much faith in them, I think you're just getting old and senile. And, you know, they have a little bit of a tiff here. And, Adeline says, sometimes the simple answers are just the right one. Sadius is just trying to take us down, and, you're just, it's, you're acting like the king here. King sees assassins everywhere so that a broken girth gets the entire plot. Just like you, Dad. You're seeing all these visions and guys, all this stuff, but simple answer is you're probably just getting old. And that's the end of chapter 24. And so I do I have, a... have, oh yeah, you ask your question. <laughs> um, so who's in the right here? Who do you think is right? Dalinar or Adeline? I uh... well, you've done a little taste of the visions and of course you see sort of what's happening with the, with Dalinar's plans to try to make, uh, Alcar more, more united. Yeah, what do you think? They're both right. They're both right. Adeline's, Adeline isn't acting in good decorum, but he's still right to bring his concerns and be honest with his father. And But do you think Adonis Dalinar should be trusting those visions? Yeah. But here's the thing just because the visions told Dalinar to trust Sadius does not mean that Sadius is trust. I think that Sadius does end up uh, betraying. Training is not really the right word because he's not really on their side to begin with, but he does end up being dishonorable to Dalinar. However, that doesn't mean that Dalinar should act in preemptive dishonor. So I think the visions were more you know, telling him it's important to act honorably, even in the face of those who would be your enemy. And they also are telling him, they keep saying unite them, unite them. I wonder if they're actually talking about uniting the shattered plane, like unshattering the plane. That would be kind of interesting. Maybe it's actually a literal uniting of the land. questions? You had something else you wanted to talk about before. That I... was it. That was the Shattered okay uniting. Okay. Uh, so Adolin is convinced that the Broken Strap is nothing. Uh, you had a theory regarding the Broken Strap. Would you like to refresh us on that? What theory? <laughs> you, you had a theory regarding the Broken Strap. Did you forget what it was? Um... See, this is the thing, he will sometimes oh, count yeah, I thought over. that, I considered that maybe King Elohim actually cut it himself for attention. Wait, maybe he's got, uh, maybe he, like, did it and forgot. Or, like, not forgot, but maybe he actually has an alternate personality that's trying to kill him. Alright, uh, setting the strap aside for the moment, do you think there's a legit plot to Kill the King? Yeah, I just said it. No, from other people. Mm, No. Okay. Uh, That
1: that was a long pause. I (laughs) thought my connection cut out again.
0: Uh, I thought Dave's (laughs) connection cut out again. Just my brain connection. Trying to think of any other questions I can ask that won't lead you places for this chapter, but no, I I think I'm tapped out. Why don't we ask him about chapter 25? Yeah, what what's what's the deal with chapter twenty five, Dave? Why are you avoiding talking about chapter twenty five? Is are you are you hiding something from us, Dave? Do you
1: know something that we don't know, Dave?
0: I'm a scared of chapter twenty five. Well, chapter twenty five. We made it. Alright, Chapter twenty five. The, the Butcher Ain't is a word. Mama Hasina. Why do people hate Surgeon Man? Kelaral is an arranged marriage. Yahtzee. And that's the end of chapter 25. Yachts What? Yahtzee, yeah. They play Yahtzee. I get it. I get it.
1: That's funny.
0: Although it's not a Yahtzee, it's a full house. And they use six dice. What's up with that? It's not craps because they roll triplets. You can't roll triplets in crap. Oh! It's okay. probably more well, like craps really than it out. is Yahtzee. But, okay. So let's get into it. Ain't is a word. Mama has is young Kaladin's mom. Probably old Kaladin's mom as well, if she's still alive. And Kaladin, little Cal, he hears some people bad talking about his dad. And they're like, oh, he stole those spheres from that old, that old city lord. Bright Lord Wistiao. Bright Lord Wistiao. I wonder Whistiao. if he's related to King Wenzel Sauce. Wistiao. Whiskey Pal. That wasn't so, yeah. meant to be a derail. Let's, let's keep going. Whisk derail. So he, you know, that Laren, Laren is being accused of writing Wistiao's will and manipulating him and in essence stealing the spheres that he inherited from Wistiao. And Kaladin goes home to, well not home, I guess his mom is working on the town hall. She's, uh, chipping off these little trembling stalactites that they have to do once in a while. Cause the high storms bring this muck onto, uh, onto the roofs of houses, and if you let them go for too long, they start weighing down too much on the roof. So I prefer to call out. them
1: crimsicles. Crimsicle. <laughs> <That's> so good.
0: <laughs> so yeah, and he's like, "Well, why did everyone ain't that?" And she's like, "Ain't ain't a word, but it is a word. Some people don't use it right, but it's still a word." And uh yeah, they're just talking, and it's time to meet the new. meet meet the new mayor and dad is like oh this is like a game of dice sometimes i hate this i don't know if i'm gonna roll the queen or the castle and so the queen is when you roll uh two triplets and you automatically win the game and the castle is when you roll three pairs and automatically lose the game and that's not right though that can't i mean saying in terms of probability like getting three pairs is still pretty good that game just ain't right. Sorry. It's I, not I did right. mean to, ain't, ain't I did work. mean to do, <laughs> I meant to sit down and do the math on this and maybe I will throughout the week, but, uh, I accidentally beat Castlevania instead of getting ready for today's episode. Whoops. I forgot to do my homework. <laughs> did you ever like, when you were in school, did you ever not do your homework and the teacher would like stand everybody up in a line and be like, why didn't you do the homework? And the kid would be like, oh, I forgot. And then the next kid, why didn't you do your homework? Oh, I forgot. Like, how did you all forget to do your homework? And then she comes and this happened. This really happened to me one time. And (laughs) I was the last kid in line. And she's like, how come you didn't do your homework? And what had happened was, I think, like, I got home and I started playing video games and I was going to do it. But then, like, it got late and I didn't feel like doing it. So I just went to bed. I was like, well, I can skip doing homework. And so I was going to say I forgot because I kind of forgot, right? Because I forgot to do it early enough before bedtime. And she asked all these kids on the line, like, why don't you do that? Oh, they all forgot. And she was, like, so mad at them because they all said they forgot. I was like, well, that didn't work. I'm going to try being honest. She comes up to me and she says, how come you didn't do your homework, Dave? And I said, I didn't feel like it. And she got so angry at
1: me. I was, these kids
0: didn't forget to do their homework. They were probably all playing Castlevania also.
1: Like, what the heck?
0: In this scenario, I mean, I'm I'm envisioning, like, a bunch of seven-year-olds and current day, fully grown adult, Dave. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so
0: I will say, Silfrena appreciates your honesty. Yeah. And I, I realize this doesn't help now, but there was no right answer for, for that scenario. There you. there, you just had a teacher being mad at you. It was going to happen regardless. I, I could have said it was too hard and I couldn't figure it out, but she wouldn't have believed that. Like, He's too smart for his own good. <laughs> the right answer in that scenario was to have done your homework already. So, you know, that ship Maybe sailed. Maybe I could have said that. I did do my homework. <laughs> uh, well, I'd probably never be in that situation again as long as I live. So I It have does to worry seem about unlikely, it. yeah. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So, they're like, oh, and they meet the new bright, anyway, they meet the new um, town... town man, bright man. City and... lord. City lord. Thank you. And, you know, he's, uh, he's riding into town and everyone's just kind of watching him, not saying anything. And, you know, La- Laren, he's like, he wants to be the, the nice guy to come and greet the new mayor. And he's like, ah, Bright Lord Roshon," And Roshon's like, who dares talk to me? And Laren's like, I'm Laren, city surgeon. And Roshon's like, oh, you're the one that let the other guy die. It's your fault. I have to come to this trembling town. And so did he roll the queen or did he roll... I mean, Uh, I don't know why he thinks that, because that sounds like a very negative response. Well, Laren's answer is that he rolled a full house. He got a triple and a double. And is that a winning throw or a losing throw? We don't know yet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, All right. So, in Yahtzee, a full house is pretty good. It's 25 points. However, this is with six dice. So it's a little less impressive. I mean, isn't there six dice because you have two, three of a kind? Oh, yeah. oh, you're saying this game is with. Yeah, in Yahtzee you only use five dice, but in. in- well, King of we- Tokyo uses six dice and it has Yahtzee rules, so. King of I was Tokyo! Say, I've played a number of games that have. Like, you can get one of each. Like, the Yahtzee is one through six with all dice. So I've played. That's straight Eight Yahtzee. I played Zombie Dice. true. Sure, sure. Zombie Dice is an excellent game to play when you're too drunk to play anything else. All you have to do is be able to remember a number for a couple of minutes. That's more like Skunk, right? Not familiar with Skunk. Uh, Skunk is a dice game where you just keep rolling and adding up your points until you roll a one and lose all your points. Or you can it's stop one. Yeah, that, like that sounds all right. extremely similar, yeah. Um, Alright, so are you done with your recap of this chapter? Chapter 25? Yeah, it wasn't so okay. bad. Okay. So before we get to chapter twenty-six, I would like to bring you up to speed on the Don and Non systems. Uh, so these so are these are the ranking systems. These are the the caste systems. Uh, in non Borodism. is what they call bread in India. It is. Uh, so Don D A H N is for light eyes. Uh, there are ten ranks, which you could have guessed. Uh, same deal with Non, except it's for dark eyes, and there are ten ranks. Uh at the lower ranks you generally have a lot more option to like rise. Um but at higher ranks things are very, very stratified and it's extremely difficult to um improve yourself from there. So for dawn, dude. Oh, but
1: bom- non non doesn't rise because it's an unleavened bread.
0: Womp womp womp. So I have to say when I first read Way of Kings and found out about the non and Don system I was super excited because at the time I was practicing martial arts. And I'm like, this is like the same thing, which I think is part of, um, where brain. Aikido, right? Right, sure. Um. That's what you did, Aikido? Yeah, I did. Well, sure. That is looked down upon from other martial arts. But yes, I did practice it. Well, um. Well, Mike can cut this out if you're embarrassed. I'm not, I'm not. It's fine. I'm um, gonna so, leave it in even if he is embarrassed. <laughs> the Welcome one. to my world. Black belts I mean it, again this applies to a number of different martial arts, but they have a system of Dan from first through tenth dan um Don. what is it Dan or Don probably Don look it was years ago, I don't remember how to pronounce anything but Mike you know? said it five minutes ago no i'm talking- I'm talking about in the real world there's the ranks are called Dan or Don one of the pronunciation is correct. Donatello does machine.
1: I don't he know why you're correct. surprised that Craig can't pronounce things.
0: So yeah, so it was really cool. I'm like, hey, this is a real a real world parallel that he pulled in. It's like you have these rankings and technically the the rankings before you get Black Belt also have a name and I'm not going to try to pronounce this word because I don't remember, but it's it's K-Y-U with a little squiggly over the U. So however you say that, that's those are the three black belt ranks and they go from highest to lowest. It's the first of that and then you get your black belt and your first band and so on. It's, it's like cool. old school Stratego where the lower numbers outrank the higher numbers. Unlike the mer- versions of Stratego from the 90s onward where the higher numbers are the more powerful ranks. Anyway, the point is, I thought it was pretty cool and when they de- start, he started describing it in terms of light eyes and dark eyes, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I can see where people are ranked. While right. we're talking about light eyesness, I just real quick on Numuhuku Makiaki Aya Lunamore. I noticed that toward the end of his name, there's like a Luna in there, like moon. So I wonder if actually his, the part of his name, the Aya Lunamore, after the apostrophe, is actually in reference to his nobility. That's all. Forgot to mention that. Alright, back to my explanation of Don and Non 10 minutes mm-hmm. later. Do you ever have Non Pizza? Chapter 26. Wait, I thought you wanted to talk more. I sure did. So you were saying that it's easier to go from, say, 10th non to 9th non than it is to go from 2nd non to 1st non. Uh, correct. Okay, so for Don, which is what I, what I want to get into first, the 1st Don is the king and his heir. And that's it. So in, in any of the Voren kingdoms, of which there are five, there are at most two people of 1st Don. So in this case King Elakar and his son whose name we don't know yet or you don't know yet. We have seen it later but I don't remember it. Uh second don is uh all of the high princes and their heirs. Um Navani uh Elakar's wife uh those are all second don. And then third don is um very high ranking military officials um People like Renarin, who are the non inheriting children of very, very highly ranked people. Um Fourth Don is slightly less highly ranked military officials, um, like very powerful light eyes, people like city lords. Uh or like the guys that were in charge of the cavalry or getting the bowmen together, they would be fourth non. Don. Potentially. Um okay. all shard bearers are minimum fourth Don. Um, you cannot be lower than 4th Dawn as a Shardbearer. Um, hmm. You can be higher, like Dalinar and Adolin, uh, but you can't be lower.
1: Cool. So Alokar
0: is also... Uh... Wait, the... no, he's not. A Shardbearer? Yeah, he is. No, he does have a shard plate at least, right? Oh, he's got both. Uh, he actually okay. has an he extra doesn't... blade. He, uh, he hasn't... I didn't realize he had an extra blade. He doesn't have the cool horse. So that's what it is. Right. Um, those are so very a rare. Be, uh, a City Lord, which is a 4th Ann, Correct. A Dawn. Correct. Um... After that things get muddled and we don't really see many characters that are uh of that ranking. Oh, uh Shallan's dad, uh and also her her brother, um, are fourth Don as well. What would she be considered? Uh she would likely be fifth Don as a non inheriting child of a fourth uh, Don. That makes sense. Is that true? I thought they just inherited the same ranking of their parents. Uh, not at the, not at this high of a level. The person with the birthright does, but not the brothers and sisters of that person. Right. Uh, she might even be lower, and depending on how things break down from, uh, her dad being dead and them owing a bunch of people, uh, their their dawn might drop significantly. Um, but the, the next bit of this I want to talk about are what are called tenors uh these are 10th Dawn light eyes so they are the lowest ranked light eyes uh basically they're just people doing jobs that that happen to have light eyes so they they have like a slightly higher spot in society but they still have to you know do work and do jobs um so yeah ra- rising as a light eyes is more difficult uh the primary means of of right of gaining dawn. Is through the military, like if you serve long enough, you can get up to a high enough rank to bring your dawn up um, among dark eyes, it's the non system, and this one is a little bit fuzzier. so we don't get a ton of examples of uh of people of various nons amongst the dark eyes. uh we really just get so there's the hunt master um from the from the hunt that went so badly back in chapter 13 chapters 12 and 13 I think uh, he is a first non uh, meaning that he's a dark eyes who was already a very high non has a an important or crucial job uh and is serving in the military so like the the primary means of of increasing even among dark eyes is joining the military except among dark eyes you get an immediate jump just by joining up and then serving out your term and retiring basically gets you gets you bumped up one rank and that passes down to your children so a question i uh, if you have the physical feature of light eyes you're automatically done i assume yes and if you have dark eyes as the physical characteristic you're automatically not okay Correct. so that's one of young cal's concerns was that uh if he were to marry Laurel? Laryl. you don't, you don't you, change ranks because you marry someone who's a right, right but that's the thing she's automatically well she would be a higher if they had kids together then his kids if they were born with light eyes would be a don and therefore they would outrank immediately him. outrank him yes yeah yeah so that, and that was like but it's not it guaranteed that any children they have would be light eyes right he said that they could have both possibly because genetics. Right. uh there's also in at yeah. least one example is that we light get to eyedness see, a uh, uh someone with one light eye and one dark eye. Oh. Is light eye uh, dominant or so? I don't even genetically know. Rank them. Yeah, we we don't actually know. Uh and it's likely that the people on Roshar also don't know because interbreeding between Light Eyes and Dark Eyes is super duper rare. Well, well they don't like horror. uh they don't the like Aleph- for the Alefi kingdoms we don't know. For the but Voren kingdoms, right. The Horizon well, if- they might know. But if light eyes is a dominant trait, then two light eyes could have a kid, and that kid be a dark eye, because, possibly. And there's there's other things that muddle that, so it's... Well, there's... It says that There's you, more going on than just genetics. Yeah, it said that if you obtain a shard, then you become a light eyes, but no one's ever actually done it, like, or at least hasn't... I'm sure people have done it, but not recently enough for it to be recorded. Um, there's a couple of of like confirmed cases in the past several hundred years. Ah. Um but yeah. So um at, in the non system, um, the higher ranked you are, the more rights you have, uh, as a dark eyed citizen. So, like, as as a second non, um, Liran and Kaladin have the right to travel as one of the things they can do. Like, if their city lord sucks, they can just leave if they want to. Mm. Um, that's why it's kind of like because they mentioned that uh, Laren could actually just move to another town where he actually would get paid, but he would rather stay here and work pro bono, pro, pro bonum, pro bonum, pro bono, pro bono, which is different from pro bono, which is just <laughs> paying the dude from YouTube. <laughs> um, yeah, presumably the lower like the lower non you are, the fewer rights you have. Like um, if you're like maybe tenth or ninth non and this isn't on the copper mine so i I actually don't know I'm just guessing here but like if you're low enough non you wouldn't have the right to travel so whatever town you're in you're you're basically a serf at that point um, so no matter how bad things get you're you're not allowed to leave um but that's surf with an e right yes um but yeah joining the military is is the the best way to um, raise your non as a dark eyes and Assuming that you don't uh, get turned into a slave uh, once once you serve your... Or die, that's the other thing. Uh, assuming you don't do either of those two things, once you serve out your term, uh, you can come back and you're one higher non, and that will pass on to your children. Uh, slaves are not part of the non or don system. Uh, most slaves are dark eyes, and they basically don't count as people anymore. Uh, and then for light-eyed slaves... The only examples that I know of are Ardents, who are property, are slaves, kind of get to do their own thing, though. Uh, But if they choose to leave the Ardentia, then they become Tenth Dawn. Do people join the Ardentia by choice? Yes. Uh, Because that one guy did. Yeah, uh, joining the Ardentia is a completely voluntary thing. But then at that, upon joining, you become property. Correct. Again, you're, you're property in the sense that somebody of, of like a very high rank has to, um, like is responsible for making sure you have everything you need. And then you are then responsible for taking care of all that person's people, uh, in a, in a spiritual sense. Um, but yeah. Yeah. So yeah, most of this isn't really, um, isn't really laid out. We just get bits and pieces throughout the books. So thought I'd take a minute and just, just spread it all out. So you have a better understanding of what's happening. So, if you have any questions, now's the time. Otherwise, chapter 26. Chapter 26. Stillness. 17th shard? Story time. Parshendi are nearby. Adeline. yay. Grr, saddiest. <laughs> Antici- Anticipation, Friend. look like those wacky inflatable flailing tube guys. Rip thrill. Are Parshendi not human? How do shard blade work? Parshendi Shardbearer. Are Parshendi from the origin of storms? All right, chapter twenty-six. So Talinar is isn't talking to Adolin, and everybody knows it. That they had a little fight. He's hanging out with Renarin, and you know he has already gone to two of the high princes to try to formulate a joint assault, but both went down. Oh, yeah, in the epigraph, there's a 17th shard mentioned, and you guys told me there were only 16. Uh, That's correct, and I'm willing to explain all of that if you'd like to know about it. I think it's pretty self-explanatory. All right. Then I'm going to need you to explain it to me because I am very curious as (laughs) to what your understanding of this is. The dragon man wants to make a 17th shard. No, Incorrect. Hang on. Let's read read it again. Go back. Bookmarks at the end of the on chapter. It's not twenty All right, you're friends of the seventeenth shard, I suspect. These these are people are chasing the dude who wrote the letter, Or whoever, whoever it is. Um. So, so if you really so, think that, then you should be able to infer what the seventeenth shard is based on what you've read so far in this book. However, rep- not in the epigraphs. I can't spell it out any more than that. Oh, is it um, is it Dolokin man and? Email. Yep. There's a group of people that call themselves the Seventeenth Shard. Um which is named after the forums for Cosmere discussion. Um well, I thought they were the Cosmere llama, llamas or something. Uh no. Brandon himself is Missborn Llama on some things. I don't remember what exactly, but some stuff he is his login is Missborn Llama. Uh so that makes me think that Hoyt is the guy that wrote the letter, actually. There were definitely those guys chasing Hoyt. You have nailed it. Congratulations. Yeah, uh, you figured it out. I'm not any more or less fulfilled than before I knew that. <laughs> that is kind of cool. But yeah, uh, those those three at the Pure Lake were hunting for Hoyt. They are members of a group called the 17th Shard. You now know approximately as much about this as we do. So essentially, they're a group of world hoppers. But we don't know what they're up to or why. Galadon, that's his name, and Demi, Demalx, Demi- Demi- Timo, Captain Timo on duty. So, All yeah. Right. So, so continuing with the epigraph, then, did you have any other questions about it? Like, we got different, you got a different name as well in chapter twenty-three. Race who were rayfoeing and Bavadin, who we are also rayfoeing, but. We are I just reasons. want him to ask about. It. Uh what was Bathadin? Races bud? Uh, no. not quite. Frenemies. Maybe. I don't know. We don't really get much on their on their relationship. I, I wouldn't say they're friends or buddies, but they're working towards similar purposes them. and willing to work with each other for those purposes. Yeah. They have a,
1: Frenemies a an easy benefit,
0: Like Bowser and Mario in Mario RPG. <laughs> sure. For a given value of yeah, don't take that metaphor too uh, too far; it falls apart pretty quick. So what you're saying is, a giant sword crashed through the sky and shattered all the planes. Oh wait! I mean, we don't know the giant sword didn't smash through the sky and shatter an altitude
1: I think we just, I think we just cracked this thing open, you guys.
0: Exor fell from the sky, shattered this wide open. Ooh! So that would make Exor a huge shard blade. Or are we right there? So what you're telling me is that Mario is a Shakespeare character.
1: And it all comes back.
0: Oh, wow! Wait. No. <laughs> Mike, let it happen. <laughs> just accept it. No, it doesn't work. Don't be that guy. Wait, and Gino is a world hopper. Like, actually. That one works. We might even be able to fit Mallow in here, but Mario just does not work for this.
1: No, no, it does. <laughs> because because he can jump really high, so maybe he's got some shard plate we don't know about.
0: Have you never played Mario Galaxy? Oh, Mike? oh there's there's a really good comment here. Uh, Gaz says, "Wrap it up, folks. We've solved the Cosmere. It all <laughs> ends with Princess Sereni being found in another castle."
1: Heck yeah, that's it. Yeah, we did it. We did uh, it. So, yeah. let's let's move on.
0: Keep going. All right, so chapter twenty six proper. Uh, So Dalinar and uh, Renarin are listening to a reading of The Way of Kings, and Dalinar is thinking about the accusations that uh, Adolin has made against him, and he's uh, considering these things when the trumpet sounds alerting a chrysalis has appeared on a nearby plateau, and the Parshendi are already in position to take it, and Dalinar has the best position of the High Prince war camps to get there. So he's like, we need this. Adeline needs this and my people need this so that they can have confidence in me again. And, you know, he meets up, meets up with Adeline. They're like, Oh, should we get Adeline? And Dalinar's like, Yeah, dude. And so they get him and they get together. And Adeline's like, I said what I had, or no, Dalinar says to him first, he says, You said what you had to say. And Adeline says, I'm not sorry I said it, but I am sorry in the way that I said it. And they make up and they hug. And then Sadius shows up. This is a different visit from his initial investigation. And he's he's a jerk. So he wants to interview all of the soldiers while they are about to go to this battle. And that's a pretty terrible thing to do, if you ask me. So you've got these anticipation sprints. Everybody's nervous and excited to go into battle because they haven't done it in a really long time. And then there's that capital T thrill. and. Uh, at uh, Dalinar, he gets it when he dons his shard plate. And he's jumping into battle, he jumps off his horse, and he and Adolin are fighting just to them against the army of Parshendi. And then suddenly, he runs out of Thrill, and he's like, whoa, this is gross, killing all these dudes. And then he shakes it off and re-thrills, and they win the battle, and they win the heart of the cards. It's, uh the hard, the gemstone heart or whatever. Heart, the, the gem heart? Gem heart, that's right. Hearthstone is the town Kaladin. Gem heart. And they win. Yay. Hooray. But, uh... We
1: did it. The, the did good guys little...
0: won and they only had to commit a few war crimes to do it. <laughs> They're totally the alliance, dude. Well, the funny thing is, so if you... My copy, it's page 418. It's right toward the end of chapter 26. It says, like, after uh, Dalinar's looking over the battlefield after they've won, he says, there were bodies all around it. Some human, others Parshendi. So, like, they're not human? Correct. Are they orcs? No, they're Parshendi. Gotcha. There are a few right. other names that apply, but you don't know them yet, so I'm not going to tell If you, you want a picture in your head orcs, then we can't stop you. <laughs> Well, they're also coming from this origin point that's on, like, the east side of the the Shattered Plains, right? It's to the east. That's where the Parshendi are camped, the east side of the Shattered Plains, right? And they call that the origin or the origin of storms? No. So it's like the dark portal, right? The origin no. of the storms is to the east, but it's over the water. And through the woods. To, like, I think if you look at yeah. your map, it will actually say origin of storms on the map. Which map? In the beginning of the book. Yeah, the one in the inside flap aleph kar Azir. It's a guy from League of Legends. Steamwater Ocean. How can you have steam water? How it's can you not have or water. steam water? It it can't be liquid and gas at the same time. Yeah. So the ocean to the east is called Ocean of Origin. Oh uh, yeah, I see. His Royal Majesty King Gavilar by his Royal High Cartographer. Ooh, Isasic Sholvin. That's the guy from this chapter. All right, so I think we can continue on now. So what you're saying is if if they get through the uh, Parshendi over the Ocean of Origins, they can find the Dark Portal and go to Draenor? Yes, except no. I understood everything you just said was wrong. Oh, but that is... So the Origin of Storms is where the the dude is with the evil weather machine, right? Right. Yeah. Okay, I, I do remember that. (laughs) All right, any uh, other questions about this week's chapter? (laughs) Uh, If two things are to the east, they aren't necessarily the same thing. Well, if you think about it, if it's way, way, way to the east, then it could be to the west. Sure. Uh, Do you have any questions Uh, for us, Dave? Are they flat earthers or flat whatever this planet's called? Rosharers? No, they are not. They're not flat Rosharers, so they could actually go west. And get to the Dark Portal without having to go through Harshenya. I feel like you have some stuff to post Dave theories. <laughs> um, I would like you no, to keep you, in you mind... Can't,
1: you, you can't get to the Dark Portal from the other side because of those invisible walls. You know what I'm talking about.
0: Those only black off Hydra, and they took them away. <laughs> okay, Dave, I need you to understand that a giant planet-wide hurricane happens about once or twice a week. So sea travel is crazy dangerous, so nobody does it. They so... just need a submarine, dude. Should we read Jules Verne? <laughs> Look, up your tech level a little bit. Get some steam power, develop some submarines. Yeah, the gnomes could invent a submarine. They got this. Oh, actually. Wait, couldn't they just... I wonder how so far, they far they could go? go. Of the like books they actually, read. The Mistborn series, those people on... Uh, on that uh, on schedule are probably the most tech advanced people that we. okay but these guys have storm casters right can't they turn Stormlight into breathable air underwater i guess there's still sharks good luck with that and water pressure they could get the bends all right seems plausible for now that they can't get there we'll have to read further uh do do you have any questions for us before we either kick you off or just decide to end the episode nah we got spoilers to talk about okay before we kick you <laughs> off then. i'm good good for now all right oh i did have one question actually about how the shard blade works so like they can't cut the chasm fiend with the shard blade while it's alive but they Correct. can stab it uh yes you, okay so it doesn't cut slice it doesn't cut like, through living things but it can sever the soul if it cuts through like the core of either a limb or the spine or the heart or the brain or whatever. I'm curious if if you right. cut something twice after the soul's been severed does it then break apart? But the th- but the thing is still alive, you know, the main thing. So you slash a leg and then you go back and try to slash a toe of the leg. Then you off. can cut the toe off, yes. Yeah. All right, listen. Adolin worked efficiently using his shard blade with care to shave off a section of the outside of the chrysalis, which I guess is not alive, so he can cut the chrysalis. From. Right, it's kind of a layer of creme. Uh, right. it, would, it would be like taking a shard blade to cut off someone's fingernail. Okay, but now read this part. Then he expertly plunged it in, killing the pupating creature... Oh, into the oh but oh he cut away the Yeah, he cut away the section. shell so he could actually like get his arm in there. So when he says plunged it in, he mean they mean plunging it into the chrysalis, not into the chasm fiend. So he just he plunges it into the chrysalis just deep enough to To kill uh, the chasm to fiend inside the pupating. Okay, but he's not plunging it into the chasm fiend. When it says plunged it in, it means into the chrysalis, I guess. Okay, The thing inside the chrysalis is a chasm fiend. I don't know what you're... When I first read it, I read expertly plunged it in, meaning he plunged it into the flesh of the chasm fiend. But I think plunged it in means into the chrysalis and just, just touching the chasm fiend to kill it. No, that's not how that works. You you have to get it into like the core of uh, a vital organ or the spine or or something else along those lines. But that's my problem with this: is that how can they breach the the skin or the exoskeleton or whatever to reach the organ? Like, how can you actually kill someone with a shard plate if it can't if you can't reach the heart without going through a layer of skin and it's not and blood, blocking right? it? The shard blade can just pass through. Man, I'm not. To believe that, based on every other time they talk about using a sharp blade to, it doesn't cut, stuff. but it does pass through.
1: Yeah, go back uh, and look we'll at some of those bite okay. stains again.
0: All right, I got you. So it's a lightsaber. I mean, basically, yeah, it's a lightsaber that doesn't cut anything that's living. It, but it it's a lightsaber still, that yeah, you have to okay. use twice. It's a twice <laughs> saber. <laughs> okay, I get it now. So they can't, they can't like cut the flesh. But the flesh also doesn't block the blade from going to the internal organ. Correct. Okay. Yeah, I get it now. And also, I need you to picture this scene with Adolin just, like, half his body covered in goop. Done. Because he probably reached in, like, shoulder deep to to get the right spot. And then reached in again to pull the gem heart out. Neat. Like, he looks like he just went through a real nasty round of Double Dare. That's why the girls love him. So, alright, go away. We have spoilers to talk, apparently. Bye, Dave. Okay, bye. Dave's gone, play the thing. Go. I thought you had spoilers to talk about, Mike, or did you just have general stuff? Uh, I mean, I w- the big thing I wanted to talk about was the non and Dawn stuff, and I did. So, this is stuff sort of from, uh, that I should have covered last episode, but because I didn't read it at the time, I didn't know, but uh specifically talking about Dalinar's vision, they fight something that's called a Midnight Essence, and the Midnight Essence, like when I first read, it, I'm like, what hey, are these things? But then, doing a little bit of research, we actually see them again in Oathbringer because they're created by one of the unmade The Midnight Mother. Ship here, who they fight in, in, uh, Urethiru. Uh, Urethiru. Yep, that place. And Look, Shalon, you know, you're, you're Shalon takes it on. on. She does. Cause the, yeah, because Lightweaving light is, is word apparently word the opposite of, her. of, of her. The opposite. Of, of the Spren of the yeah, of the Unmade, which yeah. sort of leans even more into my these are the corrupted Spren of the, uh, oh, of, the of the Honor Blades sweet. thing. Okay. Anyway, the point is, we actually do see them. They're they're Spren. The Midnight Essences are a type of evil Spren that is made by the one of the Unmade, and that's sort of they can pop up outside of a Desolation, but it's usually a sign that. Cause you know, the unmade, they're, they're getting ready, they're ramping up, preparing for a desolation, which we have seen in this book as well, because we have the thrill, um, we have the, the death shiver thing. The death rattles, yeah. Death rattles. Um, and eventually we're gonna see more of the unmade in Oathbringer. So you can see that they're ramping up for a desolation. Of course, we're ramping up for the true desolation. The heart of the rebel might actually already be in, um, what's the main city of Alkar? I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's happening. The Heart of the Rebel might already be there. We're not I'm not super sure, but the timeline might work out. I
1: bet it is. I'm betting it is.
0: Oh, I do have I do have a spoiler thing. Uh hey real quick, how how long do you think these visions that Dalinar is having have been happening to people? I think they've been happening for a while because they happened to Gavilar six plus years ago. Right. How far before that do you think? I feel like he's like, been pushing this for a while. Have the, Has this been happening to one person at a time since Honor died? I, I I think that that floats. All right. Next question. Did someone high up in the Ardentia having, or not in the Ardentia, in whatever the priesthood was called before then, uh, having these visions oh. cause the Hierocracy? Maybe. I can believe that. I just I had this thought while I was reading this last night and it's like, huh. You know what, that kinda tracks for me. Let's 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 see how it works for everybody else. Yeah, that that could be legit. That people interpreting his words in different ways. Um, it's not always guaranteed maybe they figure it out before Dalinar does that these are just words and you're not actually interacting the almighty slash speaker of the words. Um Well, okay. So pretend you're a you're like the the high priest of Voronism. Right. And it's 500 years ago. And you get these visions that eventually tell you that the Almighty is dead. I feel like you can only go one of two ways here. Mm. Either you just scrap the religion entirely, or you decide, you know what? God's dead. That means the next ranked person in line is due for the throne, so hey, that's me. Yeah. I, I, I think it works. All right, Tori, Would you like to weigh in here, yay or nay?
1: I think that sounds logical.
0: Okie doke. Uh, there you go. One listeners at home, I, Mike my theory. I would like to get some feedback on this. If you've got, if you've got some counter arguments here, uh, throw them my way, if you could, please. So, hopefully, uh, via our Discord, that's going to be the best way to get a hold of me. In the spoiler section, in particular, because Dave can't know any of them. Yes. Um, please please be careful of spoilers in our Discord. We haven't had any issues yet. Uh, everybody's been very chill, but yes.
1: Ooh, I just thought of a reason that uh, the Revel is not yet active in the capital. It's because Navani was able to leave. Wow. Like, if she was that close to the Queen and was helping out, then surely she would have been sucked in, right?
0: So then it you think it too. showed up like right after she left? Could be. Because one of the first things she says when, when we're introduced to her is that she's confident that Aesodon is just fine back in Colinar and is running things great. So maybe they need time to ramp up, though. Just like the Night's Radiant essentially need time to start ramping up. When they know Desolation's about to happen, it doesn't just, they're not on. Although the thrill is sort of just on. Maybe not. Um, but continuing with the Unmade and the thrill... We do get to see in this uh, most recent chapter that every time Dalinar thinks about the words that are spoken to him, um, that's when the thrill dies. And that is totally the influence, I, I assume, of the Stormfather kicking him out of the thrill. Dave hasn't seemed to pick up on that yet, but this is the second time Dalinar is in the midst of the thrill. And then he hears some of the words like unite them or something like that. And in this case, he hears life before death. And then it kicks him out of being in the thrill. And almost kills him. Sure. But you know, that's Like that was a really bad time to suddenly have a conscience show up. Well well thankfully, eventually Dalinar just stops experiencing the thrill in general, so at least that he doesn't get kicked out in the middle of a battle or whatever the heck is happening. Well, I don't know that he does much battling from here out. Sure, sure. But there's the tower, and then he's at and, the battle for Thalen City, to... but he doesn't really do much actual fighting there. He he just goes up and captures the Thrill for the most part. Sure. Well, he does some battling in Oathbringer. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, at Thalen City. Yeah. Um. Anyway, point is, there's the correlation there, Thrill, and here's the words, Unthrill. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good catch. And I haven't really wanted to ask Dave. Dave has noticed capital T Thrill, but I haven't asked him anything about it because I sort of want to let him just figure things out. I'm not sure if he thinks it's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, they just describe it as very like personal. Like, you don't usually discuss with other people when you thrill. Well, it's... I mean, their belief of it is that it's basically the Alethi superpower that makes them so good at fighting. Yeah, and it's basically because the Sprint knows the Alethi like to fight, and it totally loves making this happen. I still like that the, the thrill Sprint isn't He's not evil. He just loves fighting, and he loves right, yeah. he loves helping people. Also, love fighting. Yep.
1: he's a bit like Nightblood.
0: <laughs> yep. So Maybe I Night I could Blood definitely is see the tenth unmade. What? I could definitely see them like getting. What is the the thrill unmade called? What's its name? Uh, I just looked it up. Crap, don't have it.
1: Nope, don't have it.
0: Okay, we'll call him George. Um, I can totally I see like it. Um, I can no, totally I see Team, team Radiant Wait, what let me pronounce this right Nergal. Nergal Yeah that Anyway uh George uh yeah I, I can totally see Team Radiant like bringing him over to their side George <laughs> It would be interesting cuz they do tend to fight a little better with him So if uh, they can actually use him and I feel like there's there's potential precedent because there is that one uh of the unmade the one that corrupts other spread who did totally try to give Shalon that warning. Okay, Words of Radiance. In chapter, the interlude 14, a Taravindian chapter, they do describe, uh, George, and he is described as an ancient evil friend. Nerd George. But he's not evil, we, we get... Okay, I'm just saying he's described as such by, I believe... I don't, actually, I don't know. He's,
1: he's not him. evil, he just I likes he evil things. things.
0: He's just, he's super enthusiastic about fighting. He loves helping other people also be too enthusiastic about fighting. He's the best possible person at the game store, okay? He's hes not the, the gatekeeping I'm... D-bag. He, he's the guy who's like, oh, you should check out Pandemic. It's really fun. It does this and this and this. And if you're looking for that, and it takes, you know, it's three to four players, and it takes about an hour per session, and it's great. I'm not 100% convinced. I think he might be a little hard to work with. He's enthusiastic and he helps you also be enthusiastic. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So, okay, that's what I want to talk about the visions of Thrill. And I think there was one other thing I wanted to discuss in a sec to pull it together. Is it dinner? Because that's sort of my next thing. Well, if you let me find it, that can also I'm pretty. I had my dinner um,
1: while we were recording. Just muted my mic and Matt grilled burgers. They were delicious. We did get a little, good. L-
0: a little bit of Teff. Um, we are, of course, getting to know him and his big thing is that he doesn't want to let people down, but at the same time, he loves being a part of something and help. Oh, Teff is an interesting character. And I, I especially like to pay attention to him now since we know he eventually becomes a, meet- a night gradient himself. Um, uh, I would also like to point out his sort of speech patterns, in that he no. always swears by the heralds, um, because mm. he was raised to, uh, worship the heralds, which is weird in Voronism. Yeah. Good point. But yeah, Good he, point. he always swears by the heralds, like various herald names and swearing. But, uh, what I want to pay special attention to is with Kaladin, in his, uh background chapter his big thing like in chapter 20 when he's trying to save the girl and he can't do it like that is his big thing that continues to exist for three books so far and why he couldn't say the most recent words in Oathbringer he can't accept losing people it's just not possible and chapter 20 as early as chapter 20 of Way of Kings we already see Kaladin cannot accept the loss of someone he's trying to save like, that is his thing. He's questioning how his father says you just have to learn how to accept it, and eventually we're gonna have to get either a big arc that Kaladin learns to accept it, and he can say the words, or it, he just can't. See, and my money's on, and I've said this before, that Kaladin just stops progressing as a Knight Radiant. Like, he keeps he keeps his position as, you know, Captain of Bridge 4, and, you know, head of Dalinar, and all of that. Like, he keeps all of his position. He just stops progressing as a night radiant and we get to move on to the other members of bridge four and see as they
1: uh i don't as, think as so they i get think to do
0: that but i think people like first, teft and rock the, and the five Lopen. books the first five books of Stormlight archives that's Kaladin is good his arc is that he'll eventually grow and be able to accept the losses and advance as a full night radiant i i believe it'll eventually happen it's just that it's not going to happen quickly and might even take until the fifth book that is my theory i also like Gaza's theory well, which is see. that cal dies oh, in book that... four or five unable to progress but finally giving his life instead of his men slash followers i don't know i'd be a little upset if cal dies uh, if cal I mean
1: died, we riot
0: if if it <laughs> happens it's happening in book five it's not happening in book four we're not we just lost Elokar in book three pretty much everybody's safe in book four i think
1: oh huh. We might lose somebody. That's optimistic of you, Mike.
0: <laughs> we're we're totally we got we gotta get some debt. Debts are pulling, pouring in now. We got full blown battle. Things are happening. Um, and of course, in these chapters that they've just read, we get we finally get to meet Navani, and she's totally flirting with Daladar from the very beginning. She's gonna have to learn to accept it. Oh, I had I had another theory that came up when I was reading last night. Uh, Which is, depending on how Stormlight ends, uh, I only see it ending in three potential ways. The first is Odium straight up wins. He's free of the Roshar system and just goes tearing through the rest of the Cosmere. Now, is this all the first five books? or No, this is after book 10. Okay. Uh, The second is that good guys win, race is killed, Odium Shard is splintered, nobody takes it. Hmm. I find this one unlikely. Okay, <laughs> because we're we're getting rid of like the major villain of of the Cosmere, and it I don't we think it's going to happen autonomy. here. Sure, but that's autonomy has always seemed secondary to me. Anyway, third race gets killed. Someone else takes up the shard of Odium who doesn't have a personal stake or the knowledge of Odium or the knowledge of race to like shatter other shards. So cultivation gets to live because. That was very much, you know, race slash Odium's personal vendetta. Uh, what if it's Moash? What if Moash gets to be the new Moash? Odium? Becomes the next Ruin. Odium. Oh, not Ruin. I like that. Way worse than Ruin. Odium. That, that would be. And and well, race is already described as a pretty despisable person, and he picked up the shard. I feel like if someone like Moash picks it up, or someone similar, it's just more of the same. Imagine if we get someone who is a decent person who picks up the shard. So you're, you're, you're seeking a more tragic angle for all this?
1: Yes. Maybe. <gasps> what, I, if, I don't actually, what if, what I, if, I believe? What if Kaladin might, picks it up?
0: Right, Kaladin. Uh, I believe we might see Odium released at the end of book five from the system. And the last five books of Stormlight Archives is basically how do we get out of Roshar and try to contain Odium again? I feel like something big's going to happen at the end of Book Five. Enough See, that we have a time gap. I feel like there's timeline issues with that, because if if Odium were free at the end of Book Five, then we have some issues with like Mistborn Era 2 or Era Three, depending on when Stormlight actually happens in comparison to them. Well, it seems like autonomy is being set up as the main villain for the Mistborn universe. Like that's what I'm gathering from that. Maybe ODM is killed at the end of book five and and book six through ten is dealing with the new holder of ODM. I don't know. Uh, so I want to I, I want to wrap this up. One other thing I had uh, talking about the visions from Dalinar point of view. How bad is Honor that he just won't look at the future? He doesn't like is like against his, I don't know, code. But it's anyone, against foreignism for anyone to look into the future, which isn't necessarily Honor's doing. No, like, no, Honor talks about it himself in in that chapter when he's when he's talking. I assume that's Honor's words and not Stormfather. Um, the, he he he's talking about how you're not supposed to look to the future; you're only supposed to look at the past. Like Honor refuses. Cultivation will totally do some future looking, as we've seen time and again but honor refuses to and i feel like that's part of why honor didn't do so well against odium because he just will not look at the future i mean when you're dealing with shards you gotta do some future looking as we've seen in preservation versus rowing strictly speaking uh i think honor did the best that anyone ever has against odium uh i think cultivation doing a better job against Odium. uh cultivation is winning hide and seek champion <laughs> honor honor actually trapped him somewhere for a long time i mean i think it's a combination of honor and cultivation that are gonna get through and maybe be able to handle odm as we've seen what's happening with dalinar that that was a little bit of both and dalinar was able to you know, spite odm and and trying to turn him into ODM's champion that that was a good ploy but i think it's because cultivation is willing to look to the future but honor seems unwilling and i feel like that is a bad thing for a shard to be like and maybe that's because honor is the worst of the shards that can future look. so therefore when he can only see into the future relative days compared to other shards and it has never helped him then why even accept it when other shards can use that against you you just make it prohibited with you and your i think you just answered your own question yeah yeah that's what i'm saying that's i think maybe why and it might also be why he teamed up with Cultivation, because she's so much better at it. Yeah, I am really curious. I would love, I mean, I think all of us fans are, are super curious about the, the prequel book, Dragonsteel, Um, just so we can actually see these shardholders and what they used to be like. And it might not necessarily define what they're like now that they've been shardholders for so long, as we saw Ruin's personality compared to who he probably was as a person, but, I'm still really curious. Like, why did Honor and Cultivation decide to, you know, get together? Like, was is there a romantic pairing, or are they just really good friends? Oh, I would like to point out that the one personific or like the one bit of personality that we get about At uh, comes from Hoyt's perspective, who says it because the dude bought him a drink once. <laughs> At might not actually have been that good of a dude. He just okay. had one interaction with Hoyt, and it went well for him. So they weren't necessarily all friends. I thought Hoyd worked with the Shattered. He was there, but... I mean, we have so little information about it. From from what I gather, like, he... I thought he worked with them, and he refused to pick up a shard. So they split it amongst them. That is the tiny bit of information that we think we have, but... Yeah. We don't have anywhere near enough, I don't think. Sure. Alright, I need to end recording now. But, but...
1: No. No, no, no. no.
0: I need to end recording now.
1: It's been so long.
0: All right. Bye, everybody. Bye. Good
1: night, Internet.